This is episode 218 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, my friend, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Jeff Cady. I tell you this every once in a while, not at every episode, but I am the lead pastor of Community Heights Alliance Church in Newton, Iowa. So I do actually have some credentials. I've been in ministry now for Easter Sunday. It will be 36 years. Looking forward to another milestone. I started on Easter Sunday in 1987. So it's easy to remember and it's fun to remember because I have learned a lot since that Easter Sunday. And even as I say that, my mind goes back to the late 80s and my ministry time in a little town called Factoryville, Pennsylvania, just on the west side of uh, Scranton. And uh, I made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot of things. And today I want to talk to you about four common myths new pastors and read young pastors shouldn't believe, but sometimes do. Four common myths. Whether you're a new pastor or a young pastor, sometimes we believe these myths. And some of these myths I actually believed, and I and they had to be beaten out of me just through the uh, day-to-day and year-to-year grind of ministry. But this week, I just want to talk to you young pastors and new pastors just about some things that you face when you get into ministry. And even though I've been in ministry for a few years, I do remember that time because it just doesn't seem like that long ago. And sometimes it takes a long time to learn some of these lessons. And every once in a while, you kind of slip back, you unlearn them, some of them. And you slip back and you've got to be reminded and you've got to relearn some of these ministry lessons. But four common myths, myth number one, because you have a a position of leadership, your church members should accept and respect you as a leader. I mean, you're the pastor or you're the pastor of student ministries or you're the pastor of uh, worship and ministry arts or whatever it is. You know, very few leaders actually get acceptance or respect just by acquiring a position or a title. In fact, they might receive just the opposite initially, resistance and skepticism. Why? Because of the people who have held your role in the past. See, see, your church people, they have to get past the struggles they had with the previous person in that role. Now, if you're planting a church, you might not have that problem, you would think, but the people that come to your church have probably been to other churches, and they've had situations and run-ins with other pastors or pastoral staff, and you might have to bear some of the brunt of that. You know, people want to see what you can do, not what you can say or how good you can look. They want to see what you can do. Looks and words, titles and positions, they're all meaningless until the action and results start happening. And people need to see those results. So you're going to have some trust and respect as a leader only after time. See, the position just qualifies you to be called pastor or pastor of student ministries or youth pastor or worship or whatever it is. But it's going to take some time working with people before you gain their respect and their trust. Myth number two, well, because people are excited to have me and they're patting me on the back on the way in. 
That means ministry is going to be easy. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Oh, hon, people were so excited tonight at our welcome dinner. People were so happy on my first Sunday. There's a reason they call the first month or two of a ministry position the honeymoon. (laughs) Because people patting you on the back are excited They're excited about their expectations of what they think you're going to do. And if you fail to meet up to their expectations, they might pat you on the back again. Only this time, they might be holding a knife. Now, now this is a negative view of ministry, you say. I mean, this is like skullduggery. No, sometimes that happens. Now, not literally, of course, but figuratively, they might be holding that knife. Often the ones cheering your entrance the loudest are going to call the loudest for your ouster if expectations are not met. No matter what, ministry leadership is not easy. And the best strategy is under-promise and over-deliver. That really is a winning formula every time. When you come in, and I, I mentioned this, I think on this podcast, maybe on my other one, that I recently saw a video of a, of a new pastor and his family. They had been called to this church. They weren't there yet, but they did this video basically saying, we're excited. This is who we are. We're coming. And it was a, it was a very well done video. The pastor is a really good looking man, the wife, beautiful woman, and the kids all great looking outgoing, friendly, personable kids. You, you can't help but just love this family. But I thought to myself, wow, they are really setting expectations really high for themselves. And when they get there, I hope, I mean, the family looks like they could handle it. But when you set expectations so high, it just seems like it is a recipe for people realizing, oh, these guys, they're not living up to that video that they sent. They're not living up to that hype. So under promise, keep expectations, if not low, normal, average, and then over deliver. Because again, that's a winning formula. Myth number three is that I can put off until tomorrow what I could do today, but I can put it off because I now control my own schedule. I'll never forget I was working at United Parcel Service. This was several months before I got into my first full-time ministry position, and I was just yearning to get into full-time ministry. I couldn't wait until I could just pour my life into people, and, and I could just control my schedule. And I remember getting out of one of the delivery trucks, and as I was looking for my next package, I thought, I can't wait to be in full-time ministry so I don't have to do this anymore. So I don't have to get up at three in the morning and work until four or five in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, and then a half a day on Saturday and work 70 hours a week and hours that I can't control, hours that are controlled for me. I can't wait to control my own schedule. Well, there's a lot of great things about ministry, but that wasn't even close to the top. It wasn't. And it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. And If I put off until tomorrow what I could do today, I just have more to do tomorrow. You know, the more you have on your I will get to it list, the more stress you're going to experience. So self-discipline is a real important quality to leverage if you're going to be able to accomplish your goals and meet the expectations that your church has of you. If you can do it now, get it done. Check it off. Feel good about it and then move on. The younger you are, 
the more apt you are to feel like you've got all kinds of time. But trust me, the less you have hanging over your head, the better. Get it done today. Now, myth number four. Myth number four says, well, you know, I, I'm justified in, in, in kind of resenting any and all pushback on my ideas from church leaders. I mean, I just laid out this grand vision. I, I just laid out these really good ideas, what I want to do, what God is calling us to. And I've tossed my idea out to the church board or to the leadership team, and they pick it apart like a crow on a roadkill. It's like, man, what in the world? You feel rejected, denied, assaulted, dejected, and you take it personally, and you become angry. But in reality, you actually want them to pick it apart. You want them to force you to make it better. It's only when they share ownership in an initiative that they're really contributing to your cause. Because if it's all your initiative and it's all your idea, they have no ownership in it. But if they can pick it apart and they can make it better, which they always can, because the first draft of anything we come up with is not going to be whole. It's not going to be perfect. So expect pushback and learn to be thankful for it because it's going to result in better ideas and better outcomes. And now I have a bonus myth for you. Bonus myth number five. It goes something like this. Well, now that I've completed college and seminary, I am fully prepared and equipped to do ministry. Yeah, not really. Not so fast. No, no. If you've completed college and seminary, actually, that just means that you are fully qualified to begin ministry. Now, let's see how long your education will last until you cry, uncle. I mean, it's really true that we need to be continual lifelong learners. And thankfully, in this day and age, we have more than enough resources at our disposal to keep learning and growing. And we now, we can actually communicate with virtually anyone on the planet so we can be coached and trained almost ad infinitum. College and seminary, they equip us to begin, but they won't ever have equipped us for a lifetime of ministry. We have to stay humble, and keep learning. So that's it, my friend. Those are the five myths. Because you have a position of leadership, no, they're not going to just accept you and respect you as a leader. And because people are excited when you're coming in, doesn't mean ministry is going to be easy. And because you control your schedule, you think you can just put off until tomorrow and be lax with your commitments? No, that, that doesn't work that way. Get it, get it done. The less you have hanging over your head, the better. And you think you're justified in resenting pushback? No, welcome pushback because that helps give them ownership in your idea, which becomes our idea when they have input into it. Because if you don't get, going back to this one, myth number four, if you don't get any pushback and if you don't get any input from them, they will have no ownership in it, and if the initiative fails, they will gladly stand on the roadside. They'll be a bystander. They'll be an onlooker, a spectator, and they'll see this thing run off the road into the ditch, and they'll be like, well, well, I had nothing to do with that. So you want them to get involved. You want them to give you ideas. And then that last one, just because you finished college and seminary, no, you got to keep learning. In fact, now you really have to keep learning. In fact, college and seminary, they've just prepared you to really start learning and growing. And the only way you can learn is real life. 
That's the only way. Experience and evaluated experience and learned from experience, that's the way we learn. So that's it, my friend. I hope that you are uh, in a ministry that you enjoy, and I hope that some of these things might have given you just a little bit different perspective because ministry is the opportunity for us to fulfill the calling that God has given us. He doesn't give everybody. He gives everybody a calling to serve and to minister in whatever vocation he's put us in. But for us to serve in a local church setting, it, it is a, it's a privilege. It's a real privilege. And we should, never, we should never take it lightly. We should treasure it. Treasure it and, and do our absolute best with the gifts God's given us. Hey, thanks, Pastor, for listening today. Uh, I wish that we were sitting across from a coffee table and we could talk about things that are important to you and things that are important to me. But I appreciate, since we can't, at least not today, I appreciate that you've given me a few minutes to speak into your ear. And uh, may God bless you as you serve him and love his people. And I'll talk to you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Coaching for Pastors podcast.